All right, here we go. No punts allowed. I think my mic's turned on this time, Paige. Your mic's turned on. I have to say, I listened to last week's episode, and I don't know what it was, but maybe I had too much caffeine or what was going on, but I said like at least a thousand times. Like if you were to play a game where you're like, take a shot every time Paige says like, you would die. Because legitimately I said like so many times last week. So apologies to everyone for last week's. I thought you were going Jimbo route. Like you were just like, <laughs> you you were so caffeinated. Like you're, you're it's just one long word. Yeah. Uh, that happens though. Yeah. I just think you, I gotta ask you, okay. When I do a piece of work, when I write or video or pod, mm-hmm. I actually never want to watch it or hear it or read it. I'll read it sometimes just to say like, oh, that was good. Because well, you have me bad. to read Are, it. That's why. <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah. Like, and it's, it's just like a weird, do you have any of that at all? Um, no, I am like the polar opposite. I will listen to every little detail. I will take notes. I will overanalyze. I'm a lot better now than I was when I originally started podcasting because I think too, one of the things is you can overthink a lot of it. And for us on this podcast, we are pretty go with the flow and there's not much structure and not much like preparation in terms of like things we have to talk about. It's mostly like what comes to our mind. We workshop a lot of things on here. Um, It's a lot easier and I think that makes for a better product. But I do listen back to our episodes because I like to hear if we made sense. Sometimes I think too, because like when you're thinking through a thought process and you're like saying it out loud, I think sometimes you like think it comes out clear and concise, but then sometimes I listen back to it and I'm like, oh, that made perfect sense when I thought it didn't sound great. So really, I do listen back to us. And if you want, I can send you the notes that I took on you. No, I'm totally kidding. I have no notes. Um, yes. It depends <laughs> what, what the beer is and how many of them are involved or yeah. the wine. But I also um, think we're yin and yang. I think like I yeah. have major OCD and like very organized and like type A personality. We talked about this before at the national championship. And you're our like laid back, not to say that you're not organized because you are and you get a lot of shit done. <laughs> Yeah. You're good at like get your, you thrive in chaos. I thrive a little bit better with more organization. So I do we make each other better. We balance yes. each other out. Look at that. Yes. No, it is. It, 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 I do like the chaotic component of it. And speaking of, by the way, so tomorrow we're recording this day early, but tomorrow I headed to Vegas for the Golden Tea World Championship page. Now, <laughs> we I did not tell you this. This is pretty wild. Uh, if you are in Vegas for whatever reason – You'll be able to bet on this at the Westgate Sportsbook. Wait, really? I didn't, yeah, for real. You'll be able to bet on this. So How cool. I, I don't know if I've ever talked about this on the pod. Um, speaking of listening to things and knowing what I say. But yes, <laughs> college football and Golden Tee are my two lives. And I've done the Golden Tee World Championship for like the last decade plus. And the last two times we had this event pre-COVID, there was betting odds at like Boyd Casinos. And I had to get – I actually went through to get this approved by the Nevada Gaming Commission, which was kind of wild. Um, cool. Now with the Westgate, which is like a super reputable book, yes. it's – Westgate as a hotel needs some 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 vibes. It needs some, it needs some new carpet. Uh, I love Westgate. <laughs> I work trade shows there and everything else. But the sports book is immaculate. Okay. In fact, pound for pound, that may be the best sports book in Vegas. We'll have to do a sports book Vegas ranking at some point. 
So, um, but yes, so the world championship, I will be out there and you can bet on this at the Westgate. I think the odds may have even gone up now, which now, is pretty hilarious. I have another question in years past. There's been um, streaming or yes. ESPN three coverage yes. of this. Is there a place that we can watch? Yes. This yeah. event? Wow. Golden T's YouTube channel, which is just Golden T. If you go to YouTube, type in Golden T. Okay. It's uh, it's like four days. Okay. And yes, I will do some commentary. Probably not as much as I used to. I used to play a lot, and I used to be really good. I, I not anymore as much, but I know enough to be dangerous. And I like, I just like getting in the commentary booth. And basically, I'm sort of the. Oh, Jesus, I can't believe I'm saying this. I pretend to be the Jim Nance, and then like the other play people are like the Tony Romo. They like know how to play. To be clear, not comparing myself to Jim Nance. <laughs> I hated the comparison the moment I was doing it, but it's more to compare these guys that really know the game, who are like diehards, like that are unbelievably yeah. thoughtful on it. And if you like video games, or you like golf, or you like gambling, or you just want, you know, I don't know, there's nothing else on. Um, come watch; it'll be fun. I'm looking forward to getting out there. Uh, it's supposed to be 35 degrees tomorrow night in Vegas. What the fuck is that? Okay. But outside of that, I'm very excited. I was in Vegas in November and it was cold. Um, yeah. And I had never experienced that before because I'm used to going um, for the Pac-12 tournament or in like the summertime. I've never been um, during the fall or the, the early spring or slash winter, I guess. Um, yes. But I also, the reason I asked is because Jason, who I know is listening to this, um, is famous for um, tweeting out that gif of you. Yes. Um, if you haven't yes, seen the, it, the fist um, bump gif. Yes. yes. Um, it is fantastic. So really, I just am hoping we get more gifable content but, from you this weekend. I will be there, on watch for it. Um, and I'm there, sure there will be gifts. There will be gifts. Um, yeah, I think you could like search for that on Twitter now, which is great. Like I'm a gif. Um, you can search like Adam Kramer, and it comes up. Now, you know what? Hold on. I'm going to try. We're doing I this think I think one time I searched fist pump. Like I found it somehow within the Twitter. Oh, Adam, Adam, if you type in Adam Kramer, well, this is the best. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see this. It's literally two versions of that that fist pump thing, but then it's just Kramer from Seinfeld. <laughs> no, that's uh, perfect. Like that is perfectly on brand. So I'm going to tweet that out yeah. after the show. Yeah, the last one we did was on ESPN. <laughs> well, what's wild about this? It's and so I'm good. sorry. So I'm good. sorry. I'm hijacking it. So <laughs> we we partnered with the Ocho yeah. in 2019. Mm -hmm. And so we filmed it for ESPN. It was a huge production and it was awesome. And we filmed it for the Ocho. And we had to like condense like two days into 30 minutes, which was really hard. I mean, really freaking hard. So what was wild about the Ocho though so that happened and we did it and we got some nice run. We had a big party to like watch it. It was cool. And then the pandemic hit and ESPN didn't have any content. So like that was on ESPN two or three or whatever mm -hmm. the hell it was. It replayed over the next like, you know, 12 months, like a hundred times. Yeah. Like it was on like ABC, I think at some point. Wow. And, oh yeah. It was hilarious because there wasn't shit to show for months. So it yeah. was like, yeah, let's just put the Golden Tee World Championship on. Who cares? So, but it's, um, again, I, I love it. I come from this world. It's, it's like the other half of me that I talk about, but not really just because it's, you know, college football is my passion and this has sort of been like the job, but I get out here and like these guys, Paige, 
are like everybody knows Golden Tee. Most people know Golden Tee, but these guys are like robotic in how they play, and it is, and they drink, and they're playing for over a hundred thousand dollars <laughs> in cash, and they're love it. You know, it, it's so it's entertaining. So that's my weekend. I would like you to try and get into whatever broadcast. Um, that's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. If you could do that and deliver that dodgeball line, I mean, I could do that. I, I could do have, that. Just find a way, like casually, to do it because probably well, one of the best lines. Also, great so, gift. Great gift. Oh, oh yes, absolutely, great gift. One of the things that's changed over time on this is when I used to announce, it would be on a speaker, like in an auditorium, so players could hear it. Now, most of these guys wear headphones now, right? They're they're goddamn serious, but. So you'd be critical of a shot. I'd say, oh, I, you know, I wouldn't have used like a seven wood or something. And then like player would look over to me like, you motherfucker. Like, so I didn't like that. So now. <laughs> that's like I your, can't blame them. That's your like, worst this, nightmare. You yes, can't conversation. Like, that is legitimately your worst nightmare. I, I don't like it. And I'm like, <laughs> and then I'd like whisper it. I'd be like, this, I think he, I think he should have used a seven wood. And then I'd like look over like, oh shit, he heard me. You're like an actual uh, golf announcer, which by the way. I, I, this is my take on golf announcing in general. They are the harshest commentators out of all in all of sports. They're brutal. They're golf brutal. And also like golf fans. Like when you're at a live event and you hit it poorly, like you know, like everyone's like, oh, like you just can't help yes. it. Like in no other sport is it really like that. So yeah, I, I, I would say they're the, know, the toughest out of all of them. I got to actually, I, I got to promote one more thing. I forgot about this. So Friday night, by the way, if you are in Vegas listening to this, you can still enter the tournament. We have like an open world and there's like eight spots left. Hey. And if whether you're in Vegas or not, come hang out. We're going to have beers. I mean, God dang, we're going to have beers. Yeah. We're going to play Golden Tea and it's Vegas. Yeah. And you have a chance to get in. So it, like, again, it's uh, the first event we did for this. One last thing on this and then I promise I'll shut up. But okay. there's nothing really to talk about anyway. So this is a good way to kill air. Um, Jack, uh, if you remember this, Cameron, we, we would like had been, you know, You're talking, I think about this, but Cameron, my son, my youngest, Kate, my wife, Caitlin was induced so I could go to this event. She was induced <laughs> so I could attend a golden tea tournament that I was running kind of. So and that's amazing. Yes. That is absolutely I amazing. I mean, it's not. It's not like Van Jefferson having a child. It's a little different than that. Yeah, and, slightly I mean, similar. different. Like maybe your Super Bowl, but um, but there you go. yeah, you're, you. it's your Super Bowl. You're welcome. Yes. Um, and they named him Champ, by the way. Van Jefferson did so. That fantastic. Oh, that's name. awesome. That's such a sick name. Um, but hey, you'll have fun, name. and I feel like the yes. content will be good. Um, content will be good. Content will be excellent. Um, some sad news for us. Um, is that the college football playoff committee finally decided that they are not expanding yet. They're going to let us stay at four teams until the contract runs out. Boo. Boo. This is sucks. And I, as someone who's conference, well, I, I guess my conference, I can't really claim them right now, um, voted no. I just am annoyed. Like, why are we pushing off the inevitable? Like, this is frustrating. You know what it is? I I am not a politics person by nature, but if you are a political person, that is what's happening here. Yeah. You've got some hurt feelings, and you've got the you've got the SEC grabbing a couple of teams. You've got mis like no one trusts anyone, 
all of them could be making and will be making more money with this. Yes. And I honestly, college football is loaded with inefficiencies. I've never seen a more inefficient part of the sport than the way we like lumber into new postseasons. Like remember getting to a playoff, how yeah. how much it took. I don't understand this. And then you've got Greg Sankey saying, well, maybe next time around we won't vote for 12. Okay. He's implying maybe they're going to break off into their own super league, whatever. I, it is sad though, because like we had momentum on this. It felt like, and then Oklahoma, Texas happened. And now we are at a standstill. It feels like. It's just like irritating too, because again, we've talked about this, how there's a lot that college football needs to change. And the NCAA did say that they're going to look into regulating some of the NIL stuff going on, which, I mean, needs to happen. I don't know if it needs to be the NCAA. Like, that's the first thing that really needs to go. Honestly, we need to figure out a better governing body. Um, But then again, we do have this other governing body that can't figure out expansion and a way to to make this work. And I feel like it's a lot like that Spider-Man meme of, like, everyone standing, just just pointing at each other. Like, it's just irritating because it's like, I want... I understand also, I'm sure there's the crowd that's like, well, it'll say it for, but we still have those bowl games and those matchups are still going to be the ones you get to see. It doesn't matter. They're not as much as you can fantasize and tell yourself that they're worth something. They're really not. They're fun for us, but for the kids, they would definitely mean more if they were playoff games. So it's sad because we really did have the momentum, but I mean, it hasn't been really a great week for super leagues. So if Sankey wants to do that, he should look to, to I, golf. I'm going to, I'm going to rant for a second. That's a lot. This is the, this, this is, this is pissing. Yeah, no. And the rant is coming like over time as I'm dealing with this stuff. Yeah. Um, this is pissing me off because no one is looking out for the best interest of the sport. Everyone is looking out for the best interests of themselves. Mm-hmm. Because you have these conferences that are on an island that have separate television contracts that are only worried about the members. And even that is very delicate right now. The ratings are going down. Players are leaving at a, an alarming pace. Alarming, again, good for them. Make their decisions. They're leaving an alarming place because it's not worth the squeeze for them. If they could make the playoff, it might be worth the squeeze. You, your ratings suck. Your players are leaving. You could curtail some of that with a more compelling and engaging playoff system that includes more teams. You would increase the interest in this, not decrease. The solution is actually not that hard. You're right there. Like you are right there to at least address some of this. NIL, other things, you've got some, you got, there's some issues the sport has to work out, but you could really plug the hole temporarily by just saying, we're going to go to 12 and it refuses to do it because people don't trust each other. And the sport right now, conference-wise, is like there, there's just a lot of like just general disgust, I think, across the board. Very annoyed by that. Yeah. And I think like say these games were to be playoff games, you wouldn't have as many players maybe opting out of playing. And also like NIL money can be made for a single bowl game. Like there's so many sponsorship yes. opportunities there that I don't think players would pass up, especially ones that aren't like – first two round draft picks you know what I mean so yes that there's so much like that's they're also not looking out for the best interest of the players either it's like no. yes the sport but even the players I it doesn't really make sense so it's sad it's but also it's like not really surprising but like I'm so mad that I like let myself believe that we were actually going to get 12 teams because it seemed as mo as real as it could have been but 
Um, no, not yes. happening. Um, um, but yes, it, it it's annoying and it's frustrating. And I we're saddled to this thing for a while longer until we're not. We know something hopefully will change. And speaking of change, Jane Daniels gone. Changed his mind. It's kind of interesting. This is this is sort of a new one for the transfer portal. And I think, Paige, the, the most jarring thing about this, first off, when I first saw Jane Daniels as a freshman, I thought he was going to be the number one overall pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, it hasn't worked out that way. I still think he's really good. I still think he's it's you could tap into that. I've got a, a handful of takeaways on this. The the most jarring thing I think is the response from his teammates. Yeah. You don't usually see that shit where people just step out and like, you know, your your teammates call you out for leaving. At least I don't. I mean, you'd yeah. probably be like know the newsy part of this more, but oh my god, like that was a that was a change from normal transfer portal procedure. It was weird because he announced he was coming back in like a very flashy way and was like, hey, I'm coming back. And all of us were like, okay, Spencer Rattler is not going to ASU. That was sort of the thought process. So then you have him announce that he's not, he, or he's going into the transfer portal. Then you have players going, teammates going live, cleaning out his locker. It wasn't even just like talking shit. It was like, they were like legit like taking his stuff out of his locker and like being upset about it. And like, that just goes to show you what the culture is like there and like what is happening right now. Like clearly we've heard plenty. Clearly we've heard plenty. No. Hey, this is not a bias thing. This is a straight up facts thing. No. And the other part of this that I want to discuss is that Matt Berry, who by the way, is an Arizona state alum tweeted that, the reason that um, Spencer Rattler didn't end up at ASU was because there was issues with him and what he wanted from NIL. And Spencer's dad was like, that's not true. But also, like, why would you go to a- Like, I'm not, I'm, I swear. Oh, why no. Why would you go oh, gosh. to ASU when they have all sorts of issues in terms of coaching staff and cheating and things that they're not supposed to be doing? I mean, I... Those in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. But um, the other part of this is, like, it's just been, like, Herm has had to come out and be like, hey, everything's fine. We're fixing it. Don't worry. Like, and sort of, like, put out some fires. And then you have this happen. And then you see how the reaction was from his teammates. I just feel like that seems like a not great situation. And you know what? I That's all I can say about that. Oh, my gosh. Whatever. That has to be clipped. Obviously. <laughs> no. I think it's, No, I get no, enough no, no. ASU fans in my DMs. Like, I do not need more. I okay, for for some if you're listening to this pod for the first time, first off, welcome. Second off, understand I'm gonna try and do this like if I was writing a, a press release. Uh Paige has ties to the University of Arizona. Yes. And I almost panicked there and I almost was gonna say Arizona University and I, I was waiting for your eyes to get wide and be like, you mother no. Um, so you have some allegiances here. I do, so, but at the same time, I also can separate the fact that like that seems like there's big issues there. So, so okay, I, as a quasi-unbiased, although I root for you to like have yes. good rooting positive interests. Yes. So maybe I'm not unbiased. The Herb thing has just been wildly – like there was – okay, let's go back. 
there were some early returns where this was better than we thought we would be. Yes. Do you remember that press release that Arizona State released regarding hiring Herm that we're going to turn this into like an NFL organization? It's one of the strangest releases ever. And it, it said nothing. It was like a giant word salad. And it was like, what the? Like they were going to try and do this as like an, an organization and they hire Herm. Former Jets fan. Herm, I think Herm's entertaining. They had some success. And then, of course, you have the coaches stuff, which you thought that would doom him because it was also basically a way out of this contract. Um, and they've underperformed. I well, mean, and to be, that too. To be fair, I thought that Jaden was gone because when he announced that he was returning, I was actually pretty shocked because I did watch the situations that they put him in in that offense. And like you said, like when you saw him play, he, he's good. He's ready for his life, though, like a lot of the time. Yeah, so I think, like, part of this is that I was surprised that that happened, but also now it's not as surprising. But what a weird chain of events. And also I feel like we're going to see this more often. Not the the teammates getting upset, but players deciding they're going to one place and changing. I mean, we've already seen that earlier um, this year. But, like, this this seems like an interesting situation and something to monitor because – there's been a lot of issues coming from that program. I haven't I haven't read possible destinations for him. I, have you? Have I you don't know. Seen, but also, where I haven't seen. I, but, any, but this is what this is what I'm struggling with because, like, the merry-go-round has kind of played itself out. Yeah. So the you're gonna go to like weird. Wisconsin. You're gonna go to like get like where where are you gonna go? Like this is Nebraska. not an easy one for me. That would be kind of fun, honestly. I mean, Jason would like it. Yeah. Hi, Jason. <laughs> hey, Jason. Uh, but but I, I found it fascinating. Like talking to Jason every Yeah, yeah, no, it is. No, but I, <laughs> I, I just, I, I find it fascinating, and I think you're right. There's like a, a series of trends in here um, that I think are going to stay. Also, yeah. your disdain for Arizona State is. Look, I, my bias aside, I will admit when I am biased, but I thought it was really funny that, like, uh, Matt Berry came out and said that about Spencer Rattler and Spencer's dad. It's like, that's not true. But I'm sure Matt has people that he's close with in the, the Arizona Absolutely. State program. Um, but yeah, that, I don't know. Seems like a tough situation. And look, I can't really comment on it. So maybe we should just leave it at that. Speaking of yes. another program that I have zero bias against, Oregon. <laughs> yes. Honestly, this is just the podcast where I get to just crap on all the other packs. Just shit on all your, yes. It's it's basketball season, so I get to do this right now, okay? Normally during football season, I wouldn't say a peep. Um, That's not true. I've never not said a peep. But Oregon still has not found their guy. And I was reading a little bit about, like, their situation. And I just, it seems very odd. I did, in fact, hire a coach. But it's come out that, you know, Oregon alumni are not really thrilled um, yes. with with this situation because they don't – they feel like it wasn't in the Oregon family. So lame. I I mean, I get it. We Arizona disagree on everything other than the playoff. No, I mean – I get that it's kind of lame and also like he's your coach. So you have to like sort of support him. But like that was part of Arizona hired outside of the air quote Arizona box or whatever with Jed Fish. And 
his big thing was getting the alumni on board. So now that at least Lanning knows that this is the situation, maybe he can remedy it. But I mean, I get why they're pissed. They've lost a lot of guys. You know, a who, lot. you know who's tried to hire within the family is USC. And then they went out and got a good coach. Um, Fair. Touche. You, you know, I know. I, I, I get it. Like, the, there's a really unique connection between alumni and boosters and relationships that is completely unhinged and unhealthy that I think the average fan kind of knows about. But when you're talking about firing a coach like Auburn, for an example, which has been a the, probably – Page, the, the biggest disaster in this front when Auburn wanted to fire Gus and they wanted to hire Kevin Steele, the buyout was what 18 million, um, something along those lines. The question first is okay, well, where are we going to get this money in a pandemic? Well, you guys are going to foot some of the bill, okay? Well, then there's an expectation, by the way, that you're sort of involved in the search, which you kind of are if you're forking over huge amounts of money, I think you're saying you've earned the right to be included, which is yeah. – therein lies the awkwardness. And I, I think it's what makes college football great, Paige, but I also think it makes it weird in situations like this where not everyone's in love with the hire. And you can understand in Oregon, this is not a splashy hire by any means. Well, also like maybe this is something that needs to change in college football. Like we need to be – yes, I understand that that – there's money coming in from you, but like also what makes you qualified, just the money that you put up. Like, I think, I don't know. It's kind of a strange deal to come out after the fact too, because it's been a while since they've hired him. And this story came out just being like, by the way, this is how they really felt. And they have other alumni signing off on it. And it's super awkward. And I feel like no situation is better by this. Like, what do they want them to fire him? And well, hire somebody internally? Like, what, what, what good comes from this coming out? Where does this piece emerge from is what I want to know, right? We do this page, yes. right? Where we, we try to unearth stories. But but who reaches out to who here? Mm-hmm. And what – like, I, I just am curious because to me, this is a story – like, I don't think that was a hire anybody loved, but I get it. Like, the guy just, like, led the most – one of the best defenses in the history of college football. So is it completely unreasonable? No, but yeah, you're hiring. Can I just read you a line really quick from this piece? It says, Oregon's former players and alumni will be watching to see how Lanning maintains and elevates Oregon's recruiting and on-the-field performance, but also whether he reflects the traits that the program used to overcome some historical and geographical limitations and rise to national prominence. Okay, who the fuck is Oregon? (laughs) Who the fuck is Oregon? Now I'm getting pissed again. Like, I are mean, you kidding me? Like, this is this is the part where I was like, this is weird. And also, like, that. no offense to Oregon, but, like, they have as many national championships in football as Arizona does. Oh, my God. Again. A big um, O. As Look you at your logo. Do. Yes. <laughs> that's funny. Um, <laughs> that's very funny. <laughs> that's, that's very good. Like, okay. Yes, Oregon Watch is. Watch them have like one from like way back when. That oh I yeah, gonna, gonna claim one. No, like gonna, in, a, no. in a short Oregon. season. Um, yeah, I can't. I can't call you on that. I can't fact check you, but I don't believe that is. I don't believe they have one. So, but here's they the thing: two BCS bulls. Congrats I, to them. I, I, yes, I will they say they've never. Been, 
No, I knew it, that because I made Mike, that Michael Dyer game. was down, of course, in the national oh, championship game. Don't yeah, that's that sorry, since we've alienated Oregon. But yeah. Yes, it there is a disconnect, I think, between people say the uh, by the way, beautiful town, beautiful school, amazing facilities, of course, which now are probably somewhat outdated yeah. because that's the way the facility game works. But you've got Nike money, you've got all these things. Oregon has a lot working for it. It is way the hell up there. That is not working for it. And it is a long trip and they have some recruiting disadvantages. So who then? I, Oregon, who would you like to have hired? I don't – realistically, your coach left for Miami. Now he had some ties. Actually, they want Chip Kelly back. That's really what they want. But I think that's hilarious because it's like, why? I mean, like that – yes, that would have been – that's the answer? I like guess. Chip Kelly, like 2004 Honda Accord, Chip Kelly – like that's the savior. I like Chip <laughs> Kelly. I'm so now I'm ripping on everybody, but I like <laughs> Chip Kelly. But I just we See, really are good at shitting on people before they even have a chance. Chance. Yeah. I don't. I just didn't really fully grasp why this was even a thing. Y'all watch Nakobe Dean. Go watch Nakobe Dean. Now, granted, I'm not going to say that's fully, you know, Mr. Lanning, but. We were at the national title game, and there are some dudes flying around, okay? Yeah. And they were put in a position by him and, of course, Kirby and whomever. I'm just saying, like, like we could do better. Fucking Oregon. I lo- <laughs> Did you find out? They have zero titles, right? Did you they confirm do. this? I, I knew that because I made that joke before. I worked I worked with, with a lot of, of Oregon fans at Bleacher Report, and that's definitely a, a fact. Um, to say the least. But look, and I'm not trying to shit on other like we're terrible at football, like we don't have any either. But I just think the audacity to kind of um come out and say this when like that nothing's even happened. I could see if they like lose their first like two games of the season. They they have to have some good non conference games to start their year. That's you know what? If you're yeah, they play uh they play oh. Georgia. Um like they they play Georgia is it week one or week two? Week one. Good BYU. Luck. Good luck with that. Yeah. But, but it's still like give the guy a chance. Yes. Give the, give the guy a chance. And frankly, the options were not – it was a weird time for the hire. It was a weird, you know what I mean? Like they're, they're, they did not hit the cycle at the right time because of the way Miami <laughs> like screwed this thing up. Yeah. And I think that impacted things. Um, okay, well, let's switch gears to basketball. Paige, yes, because we need to talk I, about this. I am not normally – now this is about the time of year I start to give a shit. And actually I'll be back in Vegas for the week of March Madness. So I may give plenty of shits then. But <laughs> Jawan Howard, Wisconsin, Michigan, first thing I need to – we need to clarify, this was not a punch. No. This was a – this was like a – a reaching and a, a mush or a face slap. Let's let's like I would let's call it not, a face like push away. Yeah, <laughs> and and so okay. First things first. Let's stop calling this a punch. Um, what were your thoughts watching this? One, I just thought it was strange that I understand like coaches have weird conversations after, and he was upset. John Howard was about the timeout call that the Wisconsin co- coach Greg Gard called. So like. I understand, 
But, like, he also grabbed him after, and then it just, like, escalated into yell. I, it was a very weird encounter. I don't think that Juwan should have been that upset. Yes, they had lost, and so I think it was heightened. But I also think, like, no one needed to grab him when he wanted to walk past. Like, he told him he was upset about it. He went to walk away, and the Oregon coach grabbed him to sort of try and fix it. And it turned into this, like, whole thing. And the coach who ended up getting smushed in the face was not even really a part of this. Um, So, I mean, John Howard was wrong. He should not have done that. But also to, like, call for his job when this stuff, like, happens in sports in, like, the heat of the moment. And luckily no one was, like, severely injured. I know the um, Wisconsin coach said that there were injuries on his team from, like, in the brawl that sort of, like, ensued after that with um, players. But I also find it very strange that um, Juwan Howard is suspended and nothing, no no coach is suspended on the Wisconsin side. Okay, yes, on all, on all fronts. So he's pressing down a bazillion with like a minute left. The timeout, probably not necessary. Both of those things were not great. Grabbing the coach, not necessary. Face pushing an assistant, probably not the 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 least ideal of a series of I like least yes. ideal. So, but I my biggest response to you, my, my my biggest response is your response is like, do we really want to fire somebody for this? Are we are we that? I don't want to go like are we that soft? I feel like that's too cliche. No. But has it gotten that? Like delicate. We're too like high and mighty. Like we're too like everybody like, needs to be perfect. And it, I don't know. It was a heightened situation. The other conversation that this brought up was should there be like handshake lines after basketball games? And like, look, if you lose like a college football game, like, yeah, someone can run up to you and like say, hey, or whatever, whoever you want to. But like you can leave the field without talking to anyone. You don't have to do that. Basketball, you do have to like the head the head coaches like go over and shake each other's hands in, in football but like in basketball it's like a very normal thing to have those lines like they aren't necessary if like he was really upset and he wanted to talk to him he could have said that but I think I don't think it's necessary to have handshake not, lines after basketball games. I'm not defending my guy Fran McCaffrey at Iowa but he does this. If things are getting weird he like sends his team in the locker room. Now granted he gets weird all the time. Well, yeah, uh, that, that's I a, mean, that's that's part of it. He's probably ready yes. to punch someone himself. Yeah, I don't think it's necessary. I mean, I also think that people should be able to just, like, say good game. Yeah. Um, but this shit's competitive. Yeah. And there's a lot at stake. And sometimes in the flow of the game, things happen. Like, the timeout's not a big well, deal. Basketball is just so different than football, too. There's just, like, not a lot of – like, that's how I feel about, like, when people, like, storm courts – like, they really do run into the other players. Like, at least in football, it's like there's a side and you're able yeah, – it's like coming from one end. But, like, college basketball, it's like completely swarms and, like, it's really hard for players to get off. There's not a lot of space. And, like, there's been things that have happened because people have done that. So, I think the environment was hostile and obviously they lost and that was a tough loss for Michigan. But – I don't know. I think the fact that we're like now defending like handshake lines and like it's a sign of sportsmanship. Like, okay, well, it's a sign of sportsmanship too not to call a timeout up 15 with 10 seconds left to put your walk ons in. Yeah, that's again a series of. He called three times out, three times out, three timeouts. Woo. 
in the matter of like the last minute or something. It was ridiculous. So that I piss, think that would piss me off. Exactly. Too. So it's like if we're talking about sportsmanship and having to stand in line and do those and be proper, then like let's talk about the unspoken rules of the game of being disrespectful. What about, what about full court? Time. What about full court pressing down like fifteen points with a minute left? Well, is that the reverse of this argument? Because <laughs> I, I, I like it's I all mean, of it was yes. unnecessary. Yes, I, I get it, but also, yeah, I mean, I that you could argue that as well, but. I my biggest takeaway is yours, I think, which is like this shit happens. No one got really hurt. It's probably really embarrassing for everybody involved. It's okay to say, "Oops, like, we messed up." Like, well, that's my that charged. was my issue though. Is that like Wisconsin didn't really say, "Oops, this is our fault, my that's bad." True. It was a lot of pointing fingers and a lot of justifying instead of being like, "Hey, you know what? It shouldn't have escalated to that point." And I that's my bad. Well, Jawan Howard, you know, it's like an easy, like, yeah. And I thought his apology actually was very sincere. Mm-hmm. Like, it's probably someone, like, after you see that, like, you know, the other thing that's tough, by the way, like, you're giving this guy a press conference, like, 10 minutes after he just had this incident. Yeah. And that's always kind of weird to me in football and sporting events. It's good for us. It's what we do. But, yeah. like, he, you know, of course he's hot. And he didn't, he didn't exactly, um, I don't know. His his press conference was fine, but it's not exactly like he walked anything back because his, he's probably still running red. Like, he's probably yeah. still really mad. So, and then, of course, you look at it, you watch it, and you're probably like, shit, that was dumb. Like, it's me after roughly 11 to 12 beers. Yeah. That was what Juwan Howard did. Oh, it's me zero. after a few drinks and someone looks at me the wrong way or my friend the wrong way at a bar. It's usually a dude. Bulldog? Um, <laughs> I just yes. don't, Yes. We're getting better at it, but um, yeah, it's a work in progress. It's a work in progress. But like, who has not lost their cool ones? And if you haven't, like, I don't. Oh Jesus! I don't know what you tell you. Uh, Feel more, maybe. Yes. Maybe get your emotions uh, checked. Um. Okay. Combine. Couple yes. things. We're going to transition to draft. It's off season. We don't know how much draft stuff we're going to do. I know. Um. You're really excited to do player, uh, like pro comparisons. Oh my gosh. This is my yes. Thank you for thank you for lobbing that up for me to it's just like, go. Yes. He, speaking of getting Paige riled up, um, yes. <laughs> I can't stand pro, pro player comparisons in any sport. Yes. I just can't stand it when people are like, "Oh, he reminds me of this guy." Well, he's not that guy, and also putting that expectation on him is just very unfair. It like is. these players have individual skills, and yes, you can say their game reminds me of them. But don't say that they are that player and that's the caliber that you expect because when these guys go to teams, the fans who are diehard draft people and check out the drafts, all the mock drafts and everything, get so attached to that idea that even if they're in the slightest bit different or not good enough, it becomes like they're a bust, this was terrible, or they go after that specific draft analyst about that take. So my take would be do not do pro player comparisons because I just think it's not fair to the player. I don't think it's fair to the the person. I think it's a little lazy on the end of somebody else because you're using an exact player instead of actually talking about the things that they could bring to certain teams or that position in general. Um, yeah, I can't stand pro player comparisons. I, I agree. It. I think you people try to quantify someone's game to maybe someone who doesn't watch like we see this in recruiting, you see it in college, and it's like, oh, he reminds me of X. And then the end user who maybe doesn't watch a ton of football is like, oh, okay. 
But I agree. That's that's like you're weaponizing that, which could be a little bit dangerous. Yes. You know, when I like compare things, I always say something like not yes. an exact or like this. Remind it. It reminds me of this in this way. But like I very much clarify the specific points and why that is, as opposed to like the whole thing, because I just feel it's so unfair. Now on the on the draft front, the combine, which I think is fascinating. I've been to the combine one time. And it was much different than what I thought it was going to be. The access really? is not very good. It's not like you're on the field with your stopwatch. No, you're like in a room waiting for someone to come out to a press conference around a bunch of NFL writers, a lot of local ones who just want to ask, you know, Leonard Fournette about what it would feel like to go to the Colts, right? Like yeah. it was, it was a weird, it was just weird to cover it. But so the combine comes out, they put in really strict. COVID bubble restrictions for the combine at a time, by the way, when masks are coming off, restrictions are going away. I mean, you know, California, our mask, our mask yeah. mandate ended uh, Which, last week. Ours is coming. Our, our, and I'm in Illinois. So we, you and I are in some of the like strictest places yes. in the world <laughs> right now. And it's all coming off. So And we were combine, in Indianapolis and know it, that that is not the case. <laughs> and, and I may have gotten COVID there. TBD. Now, um, okay, so the combine comes out and says we're going to do a bubble. You had a bunch of agents pissed off. You have a bunch of players pissed off. And then very quickly walk this back. Now, a few things. I find this kind of funny, Paige. Like, it's not like the event just got safer. People just got mad about it. So, they, like, it's a really interesting thing when you think about it. Like, ooh, they, they don't like the bubble. All right, all right, open the floodgates. Now, I don't feel that way. But yeah. that's how it presents itself. But the bigger picture for me, Paige, is I wonder what the future of the combine is. If you go back, the NFL has viewed the combine as this cash cow because the ratings for it are pretty good. Mm-hmm. And they've also, I don't, it's not forever in Indy. I mean, they've talked about doing this in like Las Vegas or wherever, right? Like they want to move this thing around almost like the draft. But I also think at a time of player control, players getting power, that I worry that the – I don't even worry because I have no loyalty to the Combine, that the Combine is probably going away. What do you what do you think the future of the Combine is? Well, I would hope they would move it to other places, not to say that Indianapolis is an excellent host for events, by the way. I will say yes. that despite people's complaints about the national championship, it was a very wonderful um, event. I think it would be kind of cool to move it around. I, but I also think in the draft process, like there are a lot of guys that don't do stuff – not going to get measured, not going to do things. I think it's good for the interview portion. I like the idea that everybody's there and has access in that portion. But I think like the physical testing and I mean, the 40s fun, obviously. Well, yeah, but, it's fun to watch. But again, like, I don't know. I, I feel like it's not as, and maybe this is just me because I rather wait to find out where these guys go. I'm not going to base it on the bad 40 that they're a bad player having watched them play in college football all year. I'd rather look at tape than that. Um, but I think the future of it is there's not going to be as much excitement around it because I don't think as many players are going to buy into to doing it really, because what does it help them? I think if you're a small school player, the combine is a wonderful opportunity. Yes. And you could go there, you could run a great time, you could do this or that, and you could, you could, you know, create a, quite an impression. Yeah. The comparison I used to you before we came on there was Matt Corral. If you're Matt Corral, why would you do this? Stay at home. Yep. 
Work work with Lane. Script your plays. Be in your be in a familiar spot. Run your forty on the track that you know, and they'll point you right in the exact same direction as the wind. Like you, you, you could. The pro day is becoming the comp. Like the pro day is outpacing it, and in the in the time of player empowerment, like what are you going to do? Like th- that. A lot of these top yeah. players are like you've seen guys take it. Devonta Smith didn't even not run a forty last year. Did he even run one? I don't think he did. Yeah. Like, I don't think he ended up running a 40, and things worked out pretty well for him. So right. it's but changing. I what think. would you say to the people that criticize pro days that is that they're, like, a lot easier for these guys to run and, like, the numbers aren't exact because it's, you know, the sure. schools obviously want these guys to do well. I mean, do you think I, guys I think will... they're. I think they're right. Yeah. But if you're that player – I would insul- if it's it's got to be the right player. If you're that if you're in the position to be that person. Like if you're Kenny Pickett, right? So the quarterback is really interesting. I would not go to the combine. Yeah. I would just say I'm going to throw it home and I'm going to feel comfortable and I'm going to see if I can separate myself. But it does I think the people that criticize it are are onto something and I think the players are on to it too. I I still think the combine will exist, obviously, because enough people yeah. are going to go to it. But you could start to sense the uneasiness. And one of the things that maybe I've read about that I didn't know throughout the bubble stuff is people are already not happy with the combine of the way it, it it highlights some of these things. And this is only added to it. Well, you have this like weird dynamic now where it's more about like hiding. It almost feels like agents and players are like trying to like hide flaws and like NFL teams are trying to get access, get information, understand. And obviously there's a lot of money that goes into this stuff, but like, I think part of it is because we've come to a day and age where like the smallest bit of information can get out about these guys and they don't want that to happen to ruin their chances or something. So for example, if something comes up at their physical at the combine or things like that, it's reported or some, the slightest thing shows up, you know, these, this information can get out there. And it's like kind of strange because I feel like I wouldn't know how to do this, but like as an agent, how do you balance like getting proper information out for your guy to be drafted in the right spot, but also protecting them from like some bias that people have against certain attributes and things that have just accumulated over the years because of events like this. So I feel like it's because there, there's a lot of, disdain for it on like the player end and the agent end and it's really because of the bias that like owners gms and scouts have against some of the things that have come out of these things in the past so i don't know i feel like it's a weird dynamic and they they certainly have to figure it out i want to ask one we got to do one more draft thing what are we calling this now i dropped this on page um (laughs) i is it our our most fun so here, here's the thing. I We will never do in-depth draft breakdowns of players on this podcast ever. We won't do pro player comparisons, clearly. We will do no. – I, I like, we, I like the, the fun part of the draft. So when I do my own draft evaluations, it's who are my most – who are my favorite players in college football that maybe aren't getting like this guy's a number one pick or five pick or whatever, right? So I don't know how we brand that. But it's like our fun list. Of NFL it's like our list of players that like we hope end up in good situations for them because Perfect. they are talented players. 
I feel like we have to shorten that title, but I liked it a lot. That is <laughs> Producer definitely Matt can these, put that whole title up for that. Like segment. an acronym is perfect. All right. I, I'm having to go first because Marcus Mosier of, of Game Day, who Marcus and I talk a lot, we've done a bunch of content together, was tweeting out gifts of Wondell Robinson this week of Kentucky, formerly of Nebraska. That's actually the sad part of the story. This page, I have a little bit of a connection to Wondell because when I did a story – on Keontae Goodwin, the eighth grader, I went to his gym, and there was Rondell Moore, and there was Wondell Robinson working out together. That's a lot they're, of Ondells. <laughs> Ondells, and they're both undersized players. But I have to say, and now, granted, I saw this against Iowa in the bowl game. Rondell was a monster. Um, I love watching him play, and I think if you got him into like a Kansas City Chiefs offense – because he's like probably 5'8", five, 5'9", five, buck 70, maybe. But a lightning bolt. And I just think that if you get him in the right system, he's going to be so much fun. And if he gets in the wrong system, which is a.k.a. Nebraska, which would run him like three times in a row on like like thir- first and goal or second and goal or third and short, like Jesus Christ. No, don't do that to him. He went to Kentucky. He broke out like – NFL teams, watch the tape because he is electric when he has the ball in his hands. Hey, I like it. I am going to go with Justin Ross because I hope that he gets the – I mean, I know he's not getting the evaluation that he would would have gotten pre-injury. But the fact that he's even able to play football, I think also it's not fair to evaluate a lot of this year. Like, yes, it is, but also not because think about the quarterback that he was playing with. Not to say that, like, he's not he's going to play with the best quarterback ever in the NFL, but he, he might. Um, but I do think that, like, I hope he gets the, the same look that he would have gotten pre-injury and, like, peak Clemson because he was just unstoppable. It was so he fun was, to watch. He was the best wide out in football. Yeah. And – like. It, and I know that they're not going to be able to do that, and obviously with his neck injury and everything. But I think, one, the fact that he's back. Two, he didn't play hesitant. That's the other thing I will say. It's like that's one thing you do have to look at on at a guy who, like, is coming back off something like that. He wasn't hesitant. So I hope he I hope he stays healthy, obviously, but I hope that he gets a good look and doesn't fall because I do think that's going to be, like, a steal, if you will. Because, yes, his name is very, like, well-known in the college football landscape and draft landscape. But I, that's one guy that I would definitely keep an eye on where he, I, he ends up. I love – you're right. Him coming back, I remember the video Clemson tweeted out of him, like, getting off the golf cart, which was like, yes. But of course, that offense was a dumpster fire for, like, most of the season. Yes. Well, he was in the same offense with T. Higgins and was like – T. Higgins is an amazing pro. Yes. Was like – was the guy. Like, T. Higgins was great. Justin Ross in that playoff was like a monster. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm I, I think that's a really good one. And tremendous amount of rooting interest. Uh I'm with you there. I, I want him to do well. Jets, draft him. Jets. Draft both these guys. Let's Just figure draft, it out. Draft everybody. Just draft everybody that we talk about. And then we um, like. Yes. All right. And last but not least, because somehow we've managed to go long in an episode where there's like no news, because that's us. <laughs> we had a technical difficulty. I couldn't hear you. Just stop. Uh, yes, that 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 too. <laughs> um, let's we are we're doing our top twenty-five countdown, the official no punts allowed top twenty-five off-season edition. Last week was number one; it was Alabama. This week is number two. Do you want to kick things off? And we agree. 
I like know. the fact we're that two, we agree on two. one and two. We are two or two. I'm sure three is where we'll get a little messy, but I'm going with Ohio State. They were my pick for um, the national championship this past year. Obviously didn't pan out, but I think Stroud, I think people think he had a bad year because they lost to Morgan. You know what I mean? Like I, this guy had a great year. So I'm looking forward to that offense. They did lose a lot of pieces to the draft, but I think Ohio State obviously has a ton of great talent coming through recruiting wise, offense, wide receivers. They have like they're they're like next man up and they've had wide receivers, I mean, be super successful the last whatever, however long now and can develop them. So I do think that like despite their like wide receiver core being younger and only returning like one main guy, I think that they will be pretty successful offensively. So it's just, that, it's just that defense that we need to to work out. Um, that was tough at the beginning of the year, but they 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 showed out. So I, I like them. I'm gonna, say, I'm gonna say right now, this is my pick right now to win the national championship. They also yes, good good pick. Um, I'm pick. still gonna go with Alabama, but I will say um, th- that also like their schedule is really not that not difficult. Bad. Like looking at their schedule, and I mean obviously that conference. Um, and I'm going to jinx myself and I'm sure they'll be good, but Michigan's not going to be on the level it was. No. Um, you play Iowa. Notre Dame. You play with, no, uh, not Iowa. They play Notre, Notre Dame early. And I think yes. that's, they're still working stuff out at Notre Dame. So I'm not sure. I mean, I think I'm a little biased after watching that bowl game, but, um, yeah, I think they, I mean, and that'll be a quality win because Notre Dame will figure it out. Oh no. I, but I think to your point, like Stroud, if you remember, because I'm writing about him for for Bleacher Report, like he he, he looked shaky early, yeah. like first half of like the first half of the season, he was off. Yeah, he threw he scored 45 touchdowns and threw three six interceptions. Yep, like ridiculous. You saw the offensive talent in the Rose Bowl. It's ridiculous. Also, Marvin Harrison Jr. like being a wide wide receiver makes me feel incredibly old. Um, <laughs> as an aside, and I just think defensively, that was the part that was disappointing last year. They go out and get Jim Knowles from Oklahoma State. I thought it was the best non-coach uh, head coach hire of the cycle, and they got a ton of pieces. That secondary has been broken for a couple of years for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. They got to figure that thing out. I don't know why they've recruited well. It just hasn't meshed. But the D line is great. They're loaded. Like if you're tired of Ohio State. I, I think they're going to yeah. kick the living dog shit out of pretty much most of the teams they play. There's some yeah. tough games. I think they play at at Penn State. I think they may play at Wisconsin. Uh, there's a couple of tough games on there I for think, the most part, though. I, I think it's going to – if they don't make the playoff, and I wrote this in my piece, I am going to be shocked. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is credit to Ryan Day for not, like, listening to anyone who basically told him to bench Stroud. You know what I mean? Like, that, he knew yeah. that he needed to work through that. And I think that shows a lot about him as a coach. And I, I mean, I think they're going to be great. Do I think they beat Alabama? I don't know. Do I think it'd be a really good game? I can't wait for it. Oh, I mean, I mean, I just think after a year with like the quarterback position was kind of like, eh, you got Stroud, you have Bryce Young. Yeah, you had you had like three guys that were like supposed to be Heisman winners, just yeah. not even be in the conversation. No, but, but I think I think they're going to be really good. And I mean. They have a running back, a freshman running back that, like, was super – like, they have everything. If you're playing as a team in the NCAA football video game page, this is the one you're going to hey. play as. 
This is okay. the one. Not this year, but hopefully next year. Um, okay. So next week we do our number three team. I think I know who it will be. I don't uh, know I, who I'm going to pick. I, I've got to lock it in. I've got to get ready for my flight to Vegas. Any parting shots from you? you you're like in college basketball mode too, by the way. Yes, so, full college basketball mode. Um, I mean, go Cats, number two in the country. we got to end with course. that. Of course. Yeah, it's fitting after your Arizona State run. And uh, Oregon. <laughs> and coming, and from, Oregon. Coming for Pac-12 well, football when my team won one game. Only up from here. All right. For Paige, I am Adam. We will talk to you guys next week.